Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. I say one Mississippi, there's a magnolia. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors, where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime. The world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi, because as I say every week, we are the capital of the outdoors in America. I wonder if you're saying that now, or if you believe it. I think if you live in Mississippi, you know it and you believe it. But uh, let's let's proclaim from the highest mountaintops that we're the capital of the outdoors in America. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network or on Super Talk TV at Seaspire TV. But some of you are watching the show on YouTube or Facebook, or you're listening on your favorite podcast. And if that's the case it's june the 26th 2023 i want to especially thank the foundation the title sponsor of super talk outdoors the foundation is focused on important issues about protecting mississippi's outdoors heritage a lot of responsibility comes with that and the uh, second half of the show i want to remind you about our one-of-a-kind raffle that's now underway at the foundation by the way, my views on this show are mine, uh, not those of the foundation. When it comes to the outdoors or outdoors issues, you can count on me to say what needs to be said when it comes to conservation and outdoors enjoyment in Mississippi. And I'm honored to be in this position. Um, we had a really good day of fishing over uh, uh, yesterday, actually, offshore in Mississippi waters, Spanish mackerel and king mackerel, some beautiful snapper. We even caught a nice cobia. Uh, my son Jordan and I took our my brother-in-law, Peter, and his sons, Peter Jr. and Nico, out. We actually had planned to, to run uh, deep into you know to the southeast looking for mahi-mahi, but a serious thunderstorm sort of lingered offshore, and it forced us to fish a little bit shallower. Uh, but what that actually turned out to be a bit of divine intervention because it was incredible everywhere we went. It was another amazing reminder of why Mississippi is the capital of the outdoors in America. Hey, I want to um, mention something really important uh, to you. The, uh, the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks Commission made another puzzling move regarding chronic wasting disease last week at the commission meeting. You can actually watch that meeting on YouTube. Uh, just do a search of uh, of commission for Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and you'll see the most recent meeting there on YouTube. Um, on a motion made by Commissioner Gary Rose, he's he's the mayor of Flowood, who was uh, appointed by Governor Reeves. They voted once again to change CWD policy, the plan as it relates to CWD, without public or department specialist input and without any discussion. 
Uh, this is the third time in the last year that they've changed the approach to CWD management geographically without public input and without, without a scientific foundation for, for the change. I don't want to too, focus too much on the specific change that they voted to, to make. We'll do that a lot more of that in the, in the future show. But I wanted to focus for a second on the process and the regret, and the regret that we're going to feel in the future if we don't uh, pay closer attention to this issue. But let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, this is from the Mississippi State website. Bronson Strickland, a wildlife specialist with Mississippi State University Extension, said CWD is dangerously different from other diseases that affect deer. Uh, he said this, other devastating diseases of deer have a disease cycle endpoint, such as, say, the arrival of, of cold weather, Strickland said. That does not happen with CWD. As the disease slowly kills the individual deer, and it takes time to move through the area's population. The Mississippi uh, Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, which regulates wildlife hunting and hunting in Mississippi, began looking for CWD among the state's deer. The first positive uh, case was in the state was detected on February the two of 2018 in Issaquina County. Since then, CWD continues to spread. Infection rates in other states have shown that the disease does not go away and spreads widely if left unmanaged. There is no known cure for CWD. If ignored, the disease will reach the point of no return in localized areas, uh, Strickland said. Our goal is to keep CWD at a low prevalence in Mississippi. William McKinley, director of the deer program for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks said CWD is easily transmittable to deer through saliva, feces, urine, or a contaminated environment. The amount of positive material needed to infect deer 100% of the time is the size of one very fine grain of sand. Con conditions are right for CWD spread when an infected deer congregates with other deer in a small area, such as a salt lick or a feeder, McKinley said. Because the disease transmits so easily, we urge hunters and wildlife manager and managers to lower deer density and eliminate practices that encourage deer to con congregate. Again, all of that from the Mississippi State website. So the threat of uh, CWD prompted the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks to develop a very comprehensive CWD plan. It is an incredibly focused plan adopted by a prior commission. Here's something from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks website. Once a disease occurs in an area, evidence demonstrates eradication is unlikely. Management of the chron a chronic wasting disease requires a long-term adaptive management approach that will be refined through new science and information. That's directly from the department website. Uh, noted professionals uh, have actually said here on Super Talk Outdoors that CWD is the single biggest threat to white-tailed deer hunting in America. It's therefore the biggest single threat to deer hunting in Mississippi. The impact of the spread of CWD, the, well, the impact of the spread of CWD could have on the outdoors economy in Mississippi could be devastating. So you would think any change of the CWD management plan by the commission would involve science, input from the department specialists, and extreme and careful deliberation, not a whim, on a resolution that passed without comment or public or department specialist input. Wow. You know, we've got to do, get smarter about this, and we, and we will look, or we will look back with significant regret that we didn't pay closer attention. I don't know the right answers. I honestly don't. I've read everything I could about CWD, but I do know we better get focused. We've got to take the comprehensive CWD plan adopted by the commission way more seriously. 
So with that said, let me shift gears now and move over and welcome my friend, somebody I really enjoy checking in with, uh, to Super Talk Outdoors, uh, Anthony Ballard. How you doing, buddy? Man, if I was any better, I couldn't stand it. How are you, Ricky? I'm doing I'm doing great. Listen, uh, Anthony is with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. We've had a lot of conversations about his nuisance uh, specialist biologist experience, but more recently, he's seriously into the bear population in Mississippi, and so it's always good to to to, uh, to check in with him. As I mentioned to you, Anthony, before we started the show, on the farm I lease in Shula, on some adjoining land, not far from where where our farm is located, someone sent a picture of a really nice big black bear that was uh, I, I'm assuming probably just roaming through but uh, but I'm hearing that more more recently you mentioned before the show is it's uh, you would expect that this time of year what's what's going on at this moment in, in time well um, I mean you can kind of equate this to sort of the pre-rut if you will you know for, for whitetail deer for instance um, you know the the breeding season for bears kind of tops out right there around July and so um, you right here at this point, you've got the um, the adult sows that have that have most most of them, if not all of them, have have uh, kicked those young those uh, yearlings out. So you've got a lot of younger males that are kind of dispersing and finding their way for the first time. And then you've also got a pretty big mix up because there's males that are covering large distances looking for females and heat and and kind of getting ready to start all that, uh, you know, kick that breeding season off. So there's a lot of movement this time of year, a lot of mix, you know, mixing around and, and therefore a lot more sightings as well. Well, what's interesting, as you and I have talked about before, people as a general rule, now maybe up in the northeast part of the Mississippi, once you get into the hills and that area, as a general rule, you didn't think of bears in Mississippi, and uh, but we've done a really good job of over the many years actually uh, helping that population come back. Um, it is a is it a pretty it's a pretty good big success story, isn't it? Yeah, and that's actually something that I want to bring more. A lot of people don't know, number one, that we have bears in Mississippi at all, but number two, that the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries have been doing bear work since 2003. And so you've got, you know, a couple decades worth of research here. Um, so, you know, one of my goals is to kind of bring more light to that, more awareness, and then, uh, you know, to sort of help people um, as, as that population continues to grow, to live with bears, to, to mitigate conflicts and all the things that kind of goes along with that. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the bear hair snare project on the other side after we uh, after we go to break. But that that picture that that any uh, person gets this time of year, how what's the, what's the possible range that they uh, of the deer that they get on camera? Um, so it could be uh, like I said, a lot of times it's, it's those young males that you get that turn up in unexpected uh, unexpected places. Uh, we've got one bear that we collared in Wilkinson County that is about 65 miles away from where we originally collared him from. Um, so he he was collared back in uh, the middle part of May and he's now, you know, like I said, almost 70 miles uh, from where his original collar location was. And, and that's a good example of a young male just heading out somewhere and, you know, kind of deciding where he's going to go and, and end up somewhere really far away and, and being seen by a lot of people too. We've gotten pictures of that same bear sort of as he's as he's progressed on his journey so it's been pretty cool that that is so interesting how, actually how many collared bear do you have out there presently uh right now we have nine we have uh several in the south delta that's kind of been you know sort of the breadbasket of uh of bear research you know that that population there we've got several in bolivar and then now i've got one in wilkinson 
Excellent. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation about Barron. I'm fascinated. I, th I know you are, too, with uh, Barron, Mississippi. But we'll talk about the Bear Hair Snare Project with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks biologist Anthony Bowling. We'll see you after this break. Men's Health of Mississippi is the proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Men's Health of Mississippi providing medical and health care services to men of all ages, treating almost all health issues that men face. Call or go online for an appointment today. Are you looking for an HVAC company that you can trust? Look no further than Specialty Heating, Cooling and Plumbing. We're a veteran-owned business and the only business in Central Mississippi certified by Pearl, the nation's leading energy efficiency program. At Specialty Heating, Cooling and Plumbing, we offer a wide variety of energy efficient systems that can save you money and increase your home's value. Contact Specialty Heating, Cooling and Plumbing today at 601-531-8809 or online at SpecialtyHeat.com to learn more about our energy efficient systems. How about something for free from Ag Up Equipment? Get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3E John Deere compact tractor from Ag Up Equipment. Plus zero down and zero percent financing for 72 months. Whether you're maintaining your land or tackling new projects, Ag Up has the right equipment for you. Browse online at agup.com. Offer in 63023. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. Inflation and supply chain issues affects everyone. Inflation has hit every industry. From your box of Cheerios to a two-before piece of wood, prices have gone up. This is Insurance Commissioner Mike Chaney. Price of homeowners insurance has risen. But it doesn't mean you should sacrifice safety and peace of mind. I'm working to bring more insurance options to the state. Talk to your agent or call my office about your insurance needs and about lowering your premium. Paid for by friends of Mike Cheney. DQ presents... Picture this. You're getting together with all your best friends. Now picture all your best friends are actually the delicious ingredients of the new cake batter cookie dough blizzard. That's DQ soft serve, cake batter flavor, confetti cookie dough pieces, and DQ signature sprinkles. Oh, hey, it sounds like you got some pretty sweet friends. And that's worth queuing the confetti. Cookie dough! <laughs> the flavor party isn't going to last forever, so hurry in and get your cake batter fixed today. Only a DQ. Happy taste good. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. 
Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Anthony Ballard from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. He's a biologist, and he more recently is really uh, focusing his attention on uh, blackberry. He's also a nuisance specialist, and uh, certainly there's a lot to talk about there as well. Hey, Anthony, you know, I think about offshore fishing and uh, people who go deep want to know where the blue water is. So there are apps that we can look at that, to, you know, gives us satellite views of where the, the blue water is as opposed to the green water and so on. Uh, but you know, the, we'll, we'll, there, there are apps that do other things that we just we just pay a lot of attention to. You know, I'm thinking about you and those non-collared bear. Is there an app that you go to to be able to know where those bear are at any given time? Well, it's not necessarily an app. Um, so the way that those collars are programmed is they update every four days. They'll have a collection of points that they send via satellite. And so assuming that those collars are getting satellite reception, then we get those points sort of in batches rather than just kind of a, a real-time update. Um, but the way we find them during den season is they also emit a VHF frequency that we can find with an antenna. And so we find those, if, if we really don't know where they are because the collar's you know, malfunctioning or doesn't have service, uh, we can find those with an airplane and then kind of zero in from there. Or if we know about where they are, we can go on site and, and use directional antennas to find where those bears are. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. And as a biologist who's doing research specifically around how bear traveling, et cetera, um, is it something that, that, that gives you a lot of satisfaction to, to, to look at, you know, where's that bear today? Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like a Christmas present opening up every time those collars update, you know, because you just never know. Um, you know, you may have a, a cluster of points that are all right there together or you may have one that's strung over, you know, 50 miles or so. You just you just really never know. So it's, it's always interesting to see, especially the differences between the males and females and how they're moving this time of year. It really kind of peels back the layers of, of the daily life of a bear, I guess. You mentioned about the lower delta sort of being the, the breadbasket of your research. Is that for a specific reason or really bears just kind of dispersed all through the state? Well, you have several core populations, I guess several core areas, uh, the South Delta being one. So you look at populations from other states. Most of the bears we have here in the state came from either Louisiana or parts of Arkansas or Alabama. And so there's been sort of a natural egress, uh, or I guess that would be ingress, from uh, the Tensaw Parish, which is very densely populated. You've got the uh, Arkansas, um, White River area up there that have had a lot of spillover into areas like Bolivar County. And then um, the Mobile Basin actually has a lot of bears as well that has kind of, you know, floated on into those coastal counties. And so, um, and then kind of Southwest, there, there's a pile down there. So really, I guess as a generality, you know, along the Mississippi River and then along those drainages um, on the Western part of the state and then the coastal counties are probably the most densely populated. Okay, so what is the Bear Hair Snare Project? Um, so we have basically two different projects going on right now, sort of simultaneously. We have one where we're trapping and collaring bears in southwest Mississippi. Uh, I mentioned Wilkeson County several times. There, we're, we're putting GPS collars there and, and, um, and, and looking at the positions of those. We're hoping to get about 10 out this summer. And then we also have the hair snare project, which is basically any private land, public land, um, any other you know timber company land, a lot of it 
that we're putting out hair snares. And what those are is it's either around a few trees or around T-posts that we'll put strands of barbed wire. And so when the bear goes in to get that bait on the inside, it'll snag a small tuft of hair and then we send that off for DNA analysis. And so all of this is in an effort to sort of reconstruct what the population looks like, what the density might be. And, you know, our overall goal is to get, you know, when people say <laughs> the first question I always get, how many bears do we have? that will have a lot more updated and informed answer about that. So do you, you know, you've got a lot of nuisance animal uh, experience. Has there been a deer in Mississippi been identified as a nuisance bear? Um, there, so I kind of hesitate to use the term nuisance bear because I mean, you put a nose on an animal that's seven times better than a dog. You leave your trash out the road or leave, you know, some kind of food source unsecured and then expect them not to find their way to it. And so I think it's kind of unfair to call them a nuisance bear because, you know, really they're just trying to seek out calories and, and make a living as a bear. Um, but that does bring me to a good point. You know, one of the things, we're, another thing we're trying to stress as far as people living with bears is to do things like securing trash, taking it out the morning of instead of the night before, uh, pet foods, bird feeders, uh, barbecue grills, anything that a dog will get into, a bear will. And as we have more and more uh, bears in the population and, you know, coming into more populated areas, it's going to be more and more of a concern. And so we're trying to get the word out and kind of get out in front of that uh, as, far, as far as a messaging perspective to, uh, to kind of reduce conflict as we can. How often do you get calls? I mean, it'd be interesting because what, what would, for people who are not clued into the conversation you and I are having, they might think seeing a bear in, a bear in Mississippi is extraordinarily uh, abnormal. Uh, so the, the, they call you and say, you're not going to believe what I saw. I saw a bear. Uh, how often does that happen? Um, well, it, it just kind of really depends on the area of the state. You know, we have some areas like in the, the deer camps in the Bachelorland in South Delta, they see bears so often that they don't call anybody. It's just, it, it's just similar to seeing a deer or a, a mockingbird or anything else. It's just really not a big deal. Uh, but then, you know, Pike County, for instance, was one that was in the news several weeks ago. There was one in Indianola. Um, one that swam up on the beach in Destin, Florida. You know, obviously those are those are pretty uh, big news and, and something that makes a lot of headlines. So it really just kind of depends on the area. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting because for, for those of us on social media, we knew about that bear in Destin almost immediately because that word traveled quickly. And But then it finally hit the press and then got to our friends who are not on social media. And two days later, they send notes out. You're not going to believe what happened in Destin. <laughs> it's kind of funny, the gap between the two. But yeah. uh, that was so interesting because of where it came out uh, into, uh, you know, onto the beach and then into the water ultimately was in a pretty, you know, populated area. And here's this bear swimming amongst the tourists. It was just such an odd occurrence. Yeah, it really was. And that's, and that's kind of going back to that, you know, most likely that was a young male as well. And, you know, they just start to roam and, you know, just like sort of like a yearling deer, you know, that really can, can show up in odd places or odd times, you know, they're just trying to find a place to, to keep from getting whipped by a bigger bear and, and sort of establish a home range and, and it can put them in some, some headlines, uh, you know, throughout the, throughout the U.S. really. That is, that is so interesting. Hey, anything else you want to say about bear before we shift gears? Um, thank you to all the landowners that have participated um, in our, our project. That's going really well. Uh, if you hadn't received a call, it doesn't mean you won't. And um, so we appreciate everybody that's reported bears. And um, again, you know, go to our website. We have some really good information about avoiding conflict there.
Anthony, I bet you are really enjoying this new gig. I love it. I love it. So uh, whether it's uh, taking a picture with a tranquilized uh, bear that you're about to put a collar on or whatever, it's always fun to get into a new area, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, I've learned a lot. Um, and and I, I tell people I kind of jumped on a moving treadmill here with this bear project, but um, you know, kind of got my feet under me and gotten a few collars out and, and learned a whole lot along the way. So uh, it's been a really good transition. I'm glad, I'm glad to be where I am. Hey, listen, we got a very short period of time left, but for people who are worried about hog population in Mississippi, it's an incredibly resilient population. We got to stay on top of it, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. And we know that trapping is the best option for that. And so um, we've got a lot of good options for there. We got some good information on the website. And so um, go there and learn more about it. I mentioned to you that I killed a hog on one of the one of the farms I lease uh, at the beginning of deer season last year. We were getting them on uh, camera pretty regularly, and this one on the corner of this property. I went there because one of our best deer hunting spots, and uh, sure enough, they all came out. Uh, I shot one of them, and then the others ran in every every direction, and then we didn't see them again. So we got lucky in that case, didn't we? Yeah, and and that's you know that's what happens a lot of the times is you have people that that prefer to go out and shoot them, and while that is a lot of fun, and I I enjoy it myself. Uh, from a management perspective, it's a lot better to get that that whole group you were talking about to get them trapped all at once, and that way you're actually making some headway. And there were a couple of huge sows in that group, but that's you know that usually that's the case. One or two big sows and some boars, and they may just kind of go together, and uh, boy, they can do some damage. Yep, and in a very short amount of time. It's incredible to just bore up the, the, the property. But most people, most hunters are very familiar with what happens when a, when a, when a group of, uh, of wild hogs come through. I mean, it's, there's just no mistaking <laughs> what has just happened. And they hate when they see it because they know that probably means we're going to have a challenge on our hands. And of course, the more land you have, the more potentially, the, the more challenging you're going to have. And um, you got to stay on top of it. The one thing that I learned from you is that with uh, with the new, new technology as it relates to trapping and the, the way that the trapping devices are you know can be can be triggered, uh, it really makes trapping uh, hogs a lot more efficient than it used to be, doesn't isn't it? Yeah, it gives you a level of control that you just can't get any, anywhere else. Um, and we've actually used that technology to, to trap and collar a couple bears here recently, so it's it's been working out really well. That is, that's, that's cool to hear that too. Hey, listen, Anthony, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon, but this has been Anthony uh, Ballard from the uh, Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. He's a biologist who specializes these days in bears. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk to our friend Houston Havens. Always enjoy checking in with him to talk about what goes on about waterfowl during the summertime. We'll see you after this. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 50-50 shot of rain, partly sunny, high near 94. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, partly cloudy, low around 76. For Tuesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 96. And a look to Wednesday, a slight chance of rain, sunny and hot, high pushing to 100 degrees. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. In life and in business, one thing is certain, change. 
That's why Pilium Corporation is ready to keep you ahead of the curve on ever-evolving technology, critical for your company's security and growth. To that end, the Pilium team offers IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems, and real-time crime center technology. Visit us at Pilium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard, and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. Pinnacle Motors, quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now edge sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free and financing is available. Your new go-to for edge sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. Common ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine, Russian President Vladimir Putin's grip on power was severely damaged over the weekend through an aborted uprising. Senator Roger Wicker is the ranking member on the Senate Armed Services Committee. I think this um, wagner Prigozhin leader is um, just as bad or worse than Putin. And I think that he, he really was trying to get rid of Putin, and he realized that not enough of the hierarchy came to his side. Wicker also informed us that intelligence officials in D.C. knew about the coup as early as Wednesday of last week. And I don't believe any member of the Armed Services Committee was briefed about that. I know as the leading Republican on the committee, I did not get a briefing about that or even a hint about it. So part of a co-equal branch of government, I have a problem with that. So... We'll be getting to the bottom of it. J.T. Mitchell, Super Talk, Mississippi News. Your news, your talk, your weather, and your sports. All in one place. Supertalk.fm. Every show, every podcast, and every late-breaking story. All in one place. Supertalk.fm. Join Sports Talk Mississippi every Friday during the 5 o'clock hour for Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll tell you our favorite way to grill the delicious Polk's original, Cajun, and garlic and green onion sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. Remember, picky people pick Polk's. What do members of the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation look like? 
We have members from every corner of Mississippi from all walks of life. All over the state, we see two types of memberships, active members of the farming community and associate members who utilize Farm Bureau services like insurance. All memberships support Mississippi agriculture. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money? And a lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they aren't online. With the power of STMM Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referrals and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at STMM Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. As I mentioned during the first part of the show, the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks Foundation has a one-of-a-kind uh, raffle that's underway as we speak. And uh, the money's going to be used to go toward uh, really important projects the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks wants to do. Occasionally, they'll do a project not affiliated with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, but really, really good stuff. Um, there, there are five incredible prizes. A $50,000 Ford vehicle voucher, a legends hunt with uh, Cuz Strickland, my friend Cuz, and, and Preston Pittman, an Argentina dove hunt for eight, a 10 day guided African safari or, or the ultimate outdoors package are among the uh, the amazing items that you can win. Tickets are $20 each. You can get three for 50, 10 for 125, tickets for $150. Uh, you can, uh, best way to, to find it is do the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks or just say Wildlife Foundation Mississippi Raffle and uh, you'll find information about it and learn how to how to purchase the ticket. Uh, you have until the end of July to purchase the ticket and then the drawing is going to be held on August the 14th at the uh, Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. So get your tickets today. I think you'll be glad you did and you'll be making a great and valuable contribution to wildlife uh, conservation in Mississippi. So now let me shift gears. I always enjoy spending time with my friend Houston Havens. I uh, had the opportunity to actually see him in person during, during deer season. We bumped into each other. But he's head of the waterfowl program for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And as we uh, always say this time of year, there's no rest for the weary in Houston's world. So how you doing, my friend? Doing well. Good to talk with you again. It's good to see you, too. Where are you at right now? I'm in our Jackson office. Good. I, I know you have to go into the office like everybody has to from time to time, but you like being out in the field, don't you? That's right. It's a good time of year to be out in the field. Uh, of course, like you said, there's there's plenty of office work that goes along with uh, most jobs, and so we get our fair share of that. But uh, it's a great time of year to get out on public and private lands, helping to, to manage wetland habitat. Hey, I was thrilled, uh, actually, in my conversation with Ricky Flint uh, last week, actually, we went through some of the projects from the Department of Wallace, excuse me, excuse me, the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund that we all worked so hard to get. Legislature signed, the governor signed it, and now the first allotment of money has gone out to projects. I loved that one of the projects was in partnership with Ducks Unlimited on, on public land. It's great to have that inflow of money. We, we, you know, that money creates opportunities for us that we would not 
not have otherwise had. You're, you got to be excited about that. Absolutely. Ducks Unlimited has been a great partner uh, on wetland habitat across the state of Mississippi and across the country. And uh, so we're looking forward to, to getting uh, putting those funds to work and uh, doing some improvements on public lands that hunters will be able to show up and, and see and enjoy later on. Listen, as you and I've talked about, we can debate all day long about has the migration patterns changed? What impact does the weather, the warmer weather have? What what impact does it does uh, creating so much farmland in areas that might have been wetland or near wetland? I mean, we can have all those debates we want, but at the end of the day, the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and the and the wildlife management areas that they have set aside for for duck hunting. When, when others don't have ducks, some of these wildlife management areas have ducks. And it's because they've consistently, very consistently worked to improve the habitat and uh, create f uh, food sources and all that. So, you know, coming to summertime, you guys have a lot of work to do in the summertime to, to keep that. You've been batting a thousand in the wildlife management areas, but to keep that up, you got to work hard, don't you? That's right. And it's, uh, you know, it's about what Mother Nature provides for, you know, if you've got some opportunity, especially when you're talking about wetlands, uh, there's a lot of mechanical work that has to be done in those areas to maintain them in the state that we want them in. And you don't always get opportunities every year. So when you do get opportunities like we have this summer in a lot of areas, we've got to really be busy. And uh, this time of year is the time to do it. Hey, listen, we talked uh, during the turkey season, not you and I, but others and I have talked that the spring was more normal. You know, we didn't have, you know, we had some cool mornings and some warm days and some rain, but not too much. And and we really was, uh, it felt kind of normal during the turkey season. But since then, it's, you know, the weather's been kind of weird, hasn't it? I mean, we've had these fronts and lots of rain and lots of dry moments, and now we've got a heat dome that's supposed to be settling into the Southeast. What's your read on, on the weather currently and how it might impact or not, or well, just how it might impact duck season? Well, like you said, uh, it, it all plays into it. Uh, weather that we're getting right now is gonna impact uh, what we can do management capability-wise for producing duck food later on this fall and winter. Um, yeah, th this spring, uh, was pretty good uh, as far as not being uh, too you know uh, extreme on one end or the other but uh, this weather that we've been having lately uh, we, of course we need some summer rains to keep things going uh, this is our growing season in Mississippi right now and those are important but we'd rather not have the extreme wind and, and you know flooding uh, events and hail things like that that have come along with that. Yeah, you can. I can through my friend, uh, the Dunn family, who we lease farms from. I can watch, talk to Travis. We we talk once or twice a week just to stay in touch, and you can tell how the weather is based on whether he's out getting ready to water or not. And for for large farm operations, that's quite an undertaking. And uh, so he's had periodic moments where he's had to get out there and uh, and start the irrigation process. But that's kind of the way it's been. It's been kind of feast or famine across the state, hasn't it? It really has. You know, and uh, there's areas that are getting too much rain. You know, and uh, kind of like the North Delta area has been getting it pretty consistently. And then you talk to others in the South Delta. You know, it it's never it's never uniform across. Uh, you know, there's always somebody that's having a, an issue on one side or the other. So if I were to sit down with you and go over your plan, your your management plan, and, uh, and, and talking specifically about summer activities and to-do items that are part of your part of your plan. What what is what's that list look like? 
So I would start by talking about moist soil management. Uh, it's something that we recommend landowners do on their own properties. We do it on wildlife management areas uh, as a large portion of our overall wetland management strategy. And what we're talking about there is working with natural plants that are in the seed bank uh, in most wetland low-lying areas and, uh, and just working with those trying to produce annual seeds, annual plants uh, that are going to be beneficial for waterfowl foods later on this fall and winter. And so that that's not to say that it's because it's in the seed bank, you can just let it go and just show up and put water on it in the fall and have a good duck season. Um, it does work that way in some cases, but there's also a lot of monitoring and uh, a lot of hands-on management that goes on there. So especially late June, early July, like we're in right now, um, monitoring is a key point. Uh, we talk with landowners and we visit with landowners, uh, helping them to identify what they've got going on there because what we're trying to help them avoid is going in and getting in a planting mentality when they don't necessarily have to. We see a lot of times where someone may go in and, and have a really good start to producing really good waterfowl food, but because they don't know what it is or they don't really trust what it is, then they want to, you know, disc it up and, and try to plant something. And then, you know, as Mississippi weather, just like we talked about, sometimes we can fall into an extreme drought and, you know, what you've planted doesn't really produce like you wanted it to and that can kind of, kind of uh, work against you. Yeah, yes, it's so interesting because if you don't have irrigation capabilities and you go in and do what you just talked about, go ahead and disc it up. Even though once you once you uh, once you uh, you know you know cl close the openings to the pond or whatever it is you're what it is, is you're trying to do and start to get, gather water, it's it's like farmland basically at that point. So it's really it's, you're, you're relegating your success to whatever the weather is going to do. <clears throat> especially if you don't have irrigation capabilities. So, you know, I would say 50% of the time, you're probably going to fail 50% <laughs> of the time. So if you can have natural capabilities, that's, a, that's f f you, you really want that, don't you? Absolutely. Those natural plants are, you know, a little more hardy. You know, they're they're adapted to uh, kind of handle those swings in different environmental conditions. Um, and so, you know, we, we always recommend managing for diversity. Again, we do that on our wildlife management areas. You know, we're going to do some kind of plantings for waterfowl, uh, both for the hunter side and for the, uh, the waterfowl side of it. And it's just a good overall strategy of having a diversification in the types of foods that you're managing. That way, you know, you can get some dry weather or some little bit of wet weather and it's not going to totally dictate your whole effort there. You can uh, you can have some areas that are going to do better than others if you do a little diversification on the front end during the summertime. So what I what I see in the in the places where I go, uh, usually in most, well in fact all of the cases that I'm engaged in, there's, there's a farmer involved. So you know anything from corn to soybeans to wild capability, I mean you see it, you see a wide range of efforts to try to draw the uh, the ducks in, don't you? We do. Um, you know, a lot of the landowners that we're working with, or maybe even leaseholders that we're working with, like you said, are working with the farmer, and um, of course, that's the the farmer's livelihood, and we understand that they're they're doing it to make a crop and you know produce a crop at the end of the the year. But there are still uh, a lot of areas that have that wetland infrastructure built into those field systems. They can put water on those and provide some really good waterfowl habitat on those areas as well. Yeah, sheet water 
sheet water in the right scenario is pretty awesome, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you gotta gotta have water to attract birds. Uh, they're gonna use those wetlands uh, not just for food. Of course, we like to manage food underneath that water uh, to be able to to provide uh, as much as we can for the ducks that are gonna be here throughout the winter time. But yeah, just having water, sheet water uh, in large amounts can really pull a lot of birds and make them kind of settle in and then use an area that, in a surrounding environment. So, uh, listen, we're coming to the end of this segment together, but when we get on the other side, I'm curious about what you're learning as you stay in touch with, uh, with people who do what you do around the country. You know, what are you hearing from folks? And, uh, you know, what, what kind of new things are being talked about and thought about? Uh, when we come back on the other side with my friend Houston Havens, we'll, we'll continue the uh, conversation about ducks in Mississippi. We'll see you after this. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. The 2023 outdoor patio furniture has arrived. We have excellent prices and Callaway's has the largest in-stock selection in the South. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies, jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's farmer's market is open seven days a week. Callaway's has just received another shipment of beautiful tropicals. Kimberly Queen Ferns, three gallon, 10 inch pots, $12.99. Best price and quality around. We also have blooming hibiscus, alamandas, mandevillas, hanging baskets, and more. Callaway's has a large selection of ceramic pots, all sizes, all colors, all on sale. We offer bulk soil for local delivery and pickup. Callaway's landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Visit Callaway's in Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Everything for home and garden, that's what Callaway's Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Rogers Dab Service Parts and Quick Lube are open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. Crossgates Brandon or RogersDabs.com. How about something for free from Ag Up Equipment? Get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3E John Deere compact tractor from Ag Up Equipment. Plus zero down and 0% financing for 72 months. Whether you're maintaining your land or tackling new projects, Ag Up has the right equipment for you. Browse online at agup.com. Offer in 63023. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. 
For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services, located in Hattiesburg, is one of the nation's most comprehensive treatment campuses. Pine Grove provides the highest quality mental health care and addiction treatment for children, adolescents, and adults. Pine Grove offers many levels of care, including day and evening addiction treatment programs for working professionals. For more info, please call 1-888-574-HOPE and visit pinegrovetreatment.com. Kalito, this is Princess Caden Sneaky inviting you to the 73rd Choctaw Indian Fair, July 12th through 15th. Enjoy live performances from Jeremy Camp, Firehouse, Brett Michaels, and Chase Rice. Activate your competitive spirit with Riz Run, Iron Warrior Competition, and the Cornhole Tournament. And don't miss Midway Rides, nightly concerts, and the granddaddy of all field sports, Choctaw Stickball. Visit ChoctawIndianFair.com and like us on Facebook. Hope to see you there. Touch a piece to let you get. This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I always enjoy spending time with my friend Houston Havens. In fact, to be honest with you, all the department employees are so dedicated. I mean, I, I say it a lot on the show that they each have dedicated their lives so that we can generationally enjoy the outdoors in Mississippi. And because of the work they're doing, we can say that we're the capital of the outdoors in America. So uh, duck hunting is a really favorite pastime f for so many Mississippians, whether you do it on private land or whether you do it on public land. Uh, and Houston Havens and his team were sort of the brain power behind you know, giving advice to, to private landowners and working hard within the WMAs to make sure they're the best they can be. You know, when you're talking to your brethren in other states, what are the, what do the conversations look like these days? Well, uh, you know, this time of year, especially, it's uh, the conversations about breeding habitat. So obviously, you know, if you're a waterfowl hunter, you know that most of the ducks that we're going to have here in Mississippi later on this fall and winter are not here right now. They're in uh, the prairie pothole regions of the Dakotas and Canadas, up in the boreal forest, depending on the species. And so uh, we have to be concerned about those habitats. Uh, we have to take care of birds when they're not here and when they're here. And so uh, Mississippi is, is a very fortunate state to be in a situation where we have a state waterfowl stamp. If you're 16 years or older, it's required uh, to hunt waterfowl in Mississippi. And so we're able to use those funds, obviously here in the state, working on wildlife management areas and working with private landowners as well. But we also use some of that funding for breeding habitat. And, uh, you know, that can be in the form of conservation easements or, uh, you know, other 
programs on areas in the in the prairies that are producing the ducks that are going to be coming here in Mississippi. We know that through banding efforts that are done in other states as well as here, where birds that are used in Mississippi are, are nesting during this time of year, where they're coming from, where the production is going on, and so we're able to, to really take care of them in a year-round sense more than just here in the winter. How's it looking up there? It's looking better. You know, we had some some real challenges the last couple of years. Um, still too early to tell, but as far as nesting habitat, uh, things were in better condition uh, in key areas like the eastern side of the Dakotas, into southern Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Uh, those key areas that are important for birds that are produced and coming to Mississippi most years. Um, and you know, uh, they're a long way to go for ducks. Uh, they've got to they've got to have those good nesting conditions, which we we're you know kind of uh, have good indications that they did have early in the season and then they've got to raise broods uh, you know they've got to have good uh, good welling conditions good feeding conditions uh, to be able to get those broods recruited into the population that's going to be what we call the fall flight that's going to be making their way in a few months back down south you, you talked about the stamp and how important that is and man i get it because you know the, the ability to capture data what gets measured gets done when you look at the stamp purchases over the last several years what what's the trend that's a good question uh, mississippi um has had record state waterfowl stamp years the last two years and so that really kind of surprises people because they think you know those haven't been just uh you know excellent duck hunting seasons uh, they've been last year was pretty good after we had that uh that timely freeze right there before christmas things got pretty good for a lot of hunters and so we we heard from a lot of people public lands did really well but uh yeah we're seeing a, an increase uh and that uh, you know goes to the popularity like you talked about uh, of waterfowl hunting uh, and quality public lands opportunities for people to get out there and uh, kind of get into something that they haven't tried before that's 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 really that's really cool um you know what's interesting i'm from coastal mississippi and have been hunting in the delta for for many many years and hunting all over mississippi for for most of my life but uh, for me, a good duck hunting trip might be that we have, you know, three, four, five good flights of ducks. You know, we can work them in the decoys. And, you know, I mean, to me, that's just the ultimate experience. That's what duck hunting to me is all about. And then in between visiting and enjoying the social nature of the, of the, of the sport, et cetera. But for someone who's around ducks a lot, that's not ducks. You know, to have ducks is thousands of ducks. You know, when they just come in in droves and the, it changes the entire the view that you're looking at. Um, and I've seen that before too. I know what that looks like. But um, we may never see that widespread across Mississippi again. But to have a, a flight, uh, a consistent flight of, of various species of ducks, that really is, that should be a successful duck hunt these days, shouldn't it? It should, and really that's what we see. Uh, you know, when we do waterfowl hunter surveys, that's what they tell us is that, you know, it's, like you said, it's the social aspect of getting out there with friends. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of good memories just in my own mind of hunts that didn't go very well as far as, as far as duck harvest, but just things that were talked about or funny things that happened, as long as they weren't dangerous things. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good material out there for good stories and good memories but yeah um, waterfowl harvest is is important people do want to want to harvest ducks and mississippi has held its own as far as uh being uh, a consistent state uh, as far as waterfowl harvest goes over the past few years and we hope that'll continue that's certainly our goal 
But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, waterfowl hunter numbers in Mississippi continue to go up, and uh, we hope that, that that trend will continue and hope to keep uh, working hard to produce areas for them to hunt. Well, be rest assured, uh, Mississippi outdoorsmen, that when uh, Houston Havens and his team get done with the winter, they don't go to Greece on vacation. <laughs> they have lots of work to do still, and they continue to do it. It's been a pleasure, my friend, to visit with you this morning. Always enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, this has been uh, Houston Havens, Havens, who's head of the duck program for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Have a great uh, week. We'll see you next week, and stay safe in the outdoors. God bless you. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.